three, two, one. All right, we're back uh, with an, another episode of the Ill-Advised Podcast. Um, I am here actually with my dad. I don't know if you want to say hi, Dad. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I am John. I am John's father. So I had to do this remotely. I appreciate Dad for stepping in. Uh, we, you know, I had to do this remotely because I, I have a little bit of a COVID scare. It's not. I think I'm fine. I don't have any symptoms. But I was in contact with somebody that was. So until I get my test results back, I'll be doing this. And we're talking about. And I also took a took a week off. Um, uh, last week, just because I was feeling a little run down, uh, and I didn't want to take two weeks off in a row. So, uh, but a lot's happened since the last time I did a podcast, we had an election. Um, I think I have the best guy to talk about this on, um, you know, uh, so, uh, election night, dad, what, what were you thinking going to bed? I remember at, at one point on election night, uh, it was probably around 11. I think I actually was texting you back and you and I were going back and forth on it. And it was like, yeah, I think he's going to do it. I, you know, I was really yeah. a little worried heading into election night that, uh, you know, and this always happens with the, uh, with the exit polling and all that sort of thing. What you end up with is around six o'clock, everybody thinks the Dem has won. Right. And then, then votes start to get counted. Votes start coming <clears throat> in. I remember Maria Bartoloma uh, on Fox News, and she was almost giddy as she was starting to see the vote come in mm-hmm. that Trump was going to win. And I remember at some point going, oh, my goodness, he's actually going to do this. He's going to yeah. – this looks like it was going to be – at this point, it just didn't look like a win. It looked like it could go into landslide territory. Well, so he, I, was, he was definitely, you know, ahead in the popular vote, for sure, uh, going into the night. I don't know. Was he was he still ahead going into the night? He was he didn't like Biden didn't pull ahead until maybe like what the second day, second day or something. Well, like that? well, I think that's one of the points that everyone's making right now is it it was in the middle of the night that Biden started showing uh, mm-hmm. you know, all this strength that came out of seemingly nowhere. And um so I went to bed that night because I knew I had a big day the next day because I did work. I'd get a ton of phone calls. And so, you know, I was like, I went to bed. I'm thinking, uh, I feel pretty good about this. Um, and then I wake up at six in the morning. Just yeah. look over my phone real quick and go, <clears throat> what the hell just happened? Sure. Where did these votes come from? And as we come to find out that, that there are some real peculiarities about how this vote just sort of popped in out of nowhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's that's where everything started going downhill. Um, I mean, what what would you what would I mean? I know everything kind of went downhill uh, after that. But I think the most interesting part about this is the simple fact that people just the, mainly you can say about say it about the media, but people on the left in general have no interest to even look into it at all. Like I'm kind of of the camp that you know it 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 you know it, it probably did happen. I don't know that it happened enough for Trump to actually overtake Biden. I don't think that that's the case, to be honest with you. But I definitely think it's worth looking into just for the simple fact that it's you know it's something that we've been arguing about for it seems like I don't know how long do you think the Dems and the Republicans have been arguing about voter ID, um, you know, voter fraud. 
uh, all that good stuff. Since as long as I can remember. And, you know, I do, I I think that's a, a, an excellent point or point of discussion is, you know, why no intellectual curiosity on the part of the press? Where is, you know, it's like, it's not that, that I'm necessarily saying my, in my heart of hearts, I'll always know that this was a stolen election. Mm -hmm. I believe it. I believe it. But I also recognize the idea that it may never be able to be proven. Sure. If it can't be proven, then right, then but, they got. Uh, but I out. also think that if if we find something out, you know, it, it's just good to know. I mean, you. I mean, like people have. I mean, regardless of whether or not you're a liberal or a Democrat, you know, there is a bad faith that the American public has in the election. They just don't believe in it, that that things are on the up and up. I mean, you, can, you could say it leans more to the Republican side, but it's it's actually I think a lot of Democrats do too in their heart of hearts. If you really have to press them on, sit down with Democrats and 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 lay lay out the information. They're hard pressed to say, yeah, that might be strange. They 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 don't want to agree with it. Um, but I think any reasonable person would say there there at least is enough to look into here. I don't, I, I kind of, um, like you, I don't know that there'll be enough to overturn this thing. And it's all going to really initially, I think, come down to Georgia. If they do this hand recount and then a complete uh, audit and, and canvassing of the, of the vote, and it still comes out that Trump loses, then this thing will really kind of die away if I had to, you know, I, I, I would think. I think Trump will come back with a vengeance in 2024. He'll be so old by then, though. I mean, Jesus, he'll be uh, Biden's age now. Biden. And, yeah. And there's a, you know what? <clears throat> Biden wasn't, uh, didn't have the energy Trump. I mean, yeah. has anybody ever had the energy Trump's had uh, in, in a presidential election? I mean, this guy right. goes nonstop. And, you know, uh, I just I, I'm I'm amazed by that when I see it. So mm-hmm. I think if anybody could do it, it would be it would be him. And you know, you and I have talked about this before. I'm not a great admirer of Trump as a person. I I don't find him a compelling person. Some of his right. uh, mannerisms and and uh, you know the way he is just doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm a policy guy, so that's why I favor him. And uh, but no one has ever in endeared the love and the hate of the public in the way that Donald Trump has. Well, I think I, if when you're talking about politics, you just said that you're a policy person. Right. Why would you talk about politics at all if you're not a policy person? Like, I don't understand that. Like, I had heard a great quote the other day about, I think it was Ben Shapiro who said it, and I it was like, that's great. He's like, not until relatively recently in our culture did the president have to be Captain Karen. It's it's not supposed to be like it's really not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be hard decisions, leadership decisions, you know, and I think that's really where we've been lost, uh, you know, in the you know, for the longest time where it's just, you know, he has to be kept in caring for so many people. And I think it has to do with a lot of the softness that, that people have. Have. Well, it has to do with the emotion. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we've, you and I have spoken about this before too, about the idea of you talk to liberals for 15 minutes and that's about all the further their emotions can carry them. Right. Yeah. You know, you, they, they don't ever want to really talk facts of an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you'll talk to people, take the, take the, uh, the children in cages. Thing. 
Right. Now, you know, you, you talk to people about, oh, my word, how absolutely awful it is mm-hmm. that children were kept in cages. Now, there's a lot of facts behind that, that these people who say that, whose emotions have been, you know, their, their heartstrings have been pulled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been led to believe that Trump's literally locking kids up in cages. Right. And that's not the fact at all. First of all, that sort of uh, 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 separation of children from, from adults started as yeah. far back as the Clinton administration. I heard and, the most, the most, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Once again, I like you read into these politics a little bit more than I do. I, I, I do try and read as much as I can, but you, you tend to read a lot more. I mean, it, Obama was the biggest offender in that category, was he not? Well, he built, he built the so-called cages, which really they weren't cages no. at all. So in, in this, I would defend the Obama administration as well. They were separating children mm-hmm. from the adults because some of the children actually weren't the children of the adults. Mm-hmm. Those children were being used to cross the border and being claimed as families. And they turned around and when they did that, uh, they were finding that there wasn't, it wasn't a large portion, I don't think, but there was a significant enough portion that they felt they had to separate the children from the adults to protect the children. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that's a laudable goal either way and just because the chain link fence between them does not mean children were in cages right that's that's where i get so frustrated with this well there was that uh, well there was that one time where aoc went down to the border and she was using very colorful language to describe what were i mean there were jail cells but she was just basically saying that they were drinking out of toilets and all this when it's really standard practice to have a sink on top of the the toilet as just to save space because they are jail cells but it's a but it's not as if they were i mean she made it seem like they were literally drinking toilet bowl water which is which is absolutely absurd and again we go back to the point that liberals generally speaking have about 15 minutes minutes of emotion that they can draw on and if you go beyond that they got nothing right because the facts don't support them you know, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, Donald Trump or the Republicans in general and what they're trying to do is blend those two together as much as they can because they've been so successful demonizing Trump. That they want to blend Republicans into this and conservatives mm-hmm. into this as well. But the idea that we conservatives would want to harm children is absurd. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, I can't imagine that, right. that people would find that is a reasonable point of discussion. I think I think everybody want you know the the, the question like say with the uh, with the border wall. The question really was, you know, are we encouraging people to come the whole way from from Central America to come up through Mexico through mm-hmm. all sorts of peril to get to the border by things that we're doing and encouraging them to make this very treacherous trip. Is that is that you know and 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 conservatives and uh, are, are basically saying no we, we should not be encouraging that right whereas uh, liberals are are just you know they're pulling on everybody's heartstrings giving them the impression that that's the only way these kids can survive well many of the children that are coming up from Central America are coming up by themselves without their parents right. Now, encouraging that can be in those children's best 
in, in, you know, in their welfare is beyond me. Right. And so, you know, but all this, they play on heartstrings. They try and get you to, to emotionally tie into it when really mm-hmm. what I think everyone who has any compassion mm-hmm. in their heart wants to see the best opportunities for everybody, our own children in the United States and children in Central America, children in Mexico, mm-hmm. everywhere. And, and the idea that the only place that these children can ever, ever be productive or happy mm-hmm. is in the United States, then why can't we say that, that about the whole world? Why is it just, you know, uh, El Salvador? Why isn't it the whole world? I mean, we can't sure. open the doors that we have to make decisions on what we're going to do. But, but what that really does is it goes back to the heartstrings thing. They keep pulling these heartstrings. They keep playing on your emotions. And the fact is, is that there are reasonable and rational ways to approach these problems. But Democrats don't want to do that. They want to play the emotion card to try and drive uh, a political agenda. And that's where we are. Well, I think... I think, you know, one of the better quotes I've, I've heard Dan Crenshaw say was that, and I think it's an old quote, um, but it was, you know, uh, Republicans think that liberals are wrong. Liberals think that Republicans are evil. And or you could make that case for li- liberals <laughs> and conservatives, or you can make it for Republicans and, and Democrats or whatever. And sure. I, I really do believe that. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that they're evil. I think that they're, they're disillusioned in some way. I think that they're, they have, and like, look, I'm, like I said, I'm more center right than you are. You're, you're, you're very much to the right of me, but at the same time, you'll, I get, don't, you'll get, you'll get there eventually. Hey, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. That's what I keep hearing. Um, I, I just don't, I mean, definitely economically, I, I think I've definitely come way more to the side of the conservatism, but, you know, lib- I'm pretty socially liberal. I mean, you know, there's just certain mm-hmm. things I just can't, you know, I, I just think that are, you know, very libertarian, that, you know, a libertarian view of mine would just be like, just, I don't want to have anything to do with your personal life and you don't have anything to do with mine. Sure. Um, but it's become this, uh, I don't think either side is really evil unless they do something evil. Like, I don't, I don't understand why, why we have to jump to these conclusions where one side's evil and the other side's this, you know, great virtuous party or, or, or side of the aisle. Well, I'm, bl- I'm glad you brought up the Mueller report because. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go ahead, dad. Yeah, the floor you is yours. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you want to go to evil, you know, the thing is, all this stuff that they're talking about right now with the, uh, uh, you know, the election fraud and all that. If you would have asked me five years ago, I would have said, you know, that happens in other countries, Mm -hmm. but not in the United States. I mean, you know, there's look, are there people that would Philadelphia is famous for for uh, election fraud? They just had an election judge go to jail in, in Philadelphia for ballot stuffing. I think that was like mm-hmm. last year, year before. I'm not a hundred percent up on that, but I know that it, it, you know, something along those lines occurred. There has been uh, many instances of it on a smaller scale, of course, because if this turned out to be true, this would be the single biggest political um, uh, um, conspiracy possibly in the history of the world. You know, this would be, you know, that the people actually were trying to overturn an American election would just be uh, right. an unbelievable 
uh, sort of thing. But, you know, it, it, like I said, if you'd asked me five years ago, I would have said, no, no, no. But then, then came um, Hurricane Crossfire or Crossfire Hurricane or however they say. Yeah. You know, that was clearly um, a made up from whole cloth. Uh, conspiracy against uh, the president. And I got to tell you, the first couple of years, although I didn't believe it, there was just something on at me saying, yeah, but would they be doing all this? I mean, you know, you, you have a lot of really credible people. Sure. Doing, a, you know, would have to be doing some very, you know, uncredible or incredible or, you know, uh, right, right. Uh, to, to, to make this happen. And it turns out they did. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, there was never a reason to launch the Mueller investigation in the first place. They knew on January 5th of two, 2017 that the uh, Steele dossier was baloney. Right. And, you know, and the whole way up to the president of the United States knew that. And they still continued to push to get rid of General Flynn, to do all those sorts sure. of things. So, you know, now that that's... And that's, that's actually the craziest part to me. That's the most evil part about that, is the fact that they were, try they were willing to lock up an innocent man, you know, like General Flynn. Sure. You know, that's, 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 that's the craziest part to me. A war, a war hero. We're, talking, right. we're just talking, you know, Joe walking down the street. This is a guy that, that not that, that, that anybody should be at a different level of justice, equal justice under the law, but, but not, you know, unequal justice to your detriment. Right. You're, you know, a war hero. You just happen to be a conservative war hero. Right. They, right. You know, they, they wouldn't have done this to, to uh, somebody if, if this were the Obama administration or if there ever is a Biden administration, they wouldn't have done this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so it's, you know, uh, it, that really led me to believe that you know, anything's possible. There's no, mm -hmm. there's nothing of value in this world that people will not commit a crime to gain access of. Right. And there's, is there anything of more value than control of the American government? Right. So to say that, oh my word, no one would ever do this. Of course they would if sure. they could and not get caught. And, right. then, and when you go back to, to those 300 lawsuits that, that over the summer were focused on uh, battleground states to reduce the security of the elections, really what you're doing, you know, they were really trying to take away um, uh, signature verification and, and, uh, right. Uh, all sorts of different different items in that, um, and mail in balloting, balloting is fraught with these types of uh, uh, you know uh, fraud possibilities. So you know they they went out of their way to do this, and somebody'd say, "Well, so what do you think?" They all sat around a room at the Ritz in Washington D.C. and plotted a plan. No, that's not what has to happen. Right. It's like so. A bunch of lawyers go and and they and they get all these security precautions taken off of of the uh, uh, mail and ballot <laughs> uh, 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 laws in the different battleground states, and that's the wink and the nod. I mean, do you think you really have to convince right. uh, the political machine in Philadelphia to cheat? 
mean, there's just too much evidence that they know how to do that without anybody telling them to. Right. right. So you took you took you took the barriers out of the way, and then 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 you're wide open. And I think there were multiple ways that this happened during this period of time. Now I have no way of proving that, but in my gut, it tells me the statistical anomalies of this election were too great to just be you know, happenstance just to, to have occurred. Uh, right. I think there's too many things out there. Yeah. Too, too many things are adding up. What's, what are they? What, what do you, I'm sure you probably have some notes or. I have a little bit here. I just wrote down just to make sure I kept, kept, uh, kept on top of it. But, um, you know, it's pretty interesting when you think about it. Um, you, you have uh, a situation where um, there was greater turnout. I think that would, eat, no, no matter what happened, I think we can all agree that there was reasonably better turnout in 2020 than there was in 2016. Yeah, yeah. But That's... an interesting, I think, anomaly would be is that um, Biden underperformed Hillary Clinton in every, almost every major metro area, save four. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Atlanta, which of course represents Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. If Trump wins three out of any of those four, mm-hmm. Trump president. Right. Um, I mean, you, then you go to New York. Yeah, New York, California, the margins. I'm reading this right here that you had sent me, like on um, the 10th of November. That was that was uh, the 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 updated numbers from California. Actually, uh, there was a lot more vote counting yet to do, so so California wasn't as as uh, um, underwhelming uh, uh, for Biden as I originally thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But New York, eight hundred thousand less votes. For Biden than Hillary, eight hundred, yeah. right across the border. Okay, mm-hmm. from Pennsylvania, eight hundred thousand less. Then you have uh, uh, um, Illinois. Illinois is um, only slightly more. It's only uh, a, you know a few thousand more votes for for Biden than it was for Hillary. Um, Biden underperformed. In uh, New York, Chicago, L.A., even though the vote count was up, when I say underperform, I mean by percentage. Mm-hmm. Biden had a lower percentage of the total vote than Hillary did versus Trump. So you have a lot of those anomalies that just don't make sense. You only have four cities, and it'd be the f- exact four cities you would need mm-hmm. if you were going to turn this election. You know, you go to places that, that where the vote uh, count ended on um, on election night mm-hmm. in Florida. They processed, I think it was three million uh, uh, absentee ballots. Three million, yeah. so three in, in essence mail in ballots were processed, and they were done processing by midnight. Or pro- <laughs> with, you know, they had ninety nine percent of the vote in by midnight. Here, you go out to Pennsylvania. They just finished the vote days and days and days right. after. You know, so so how would you go about this if you were going to do it? Yeah. The one thing you would have to do is slow roll the thing. 
you'd have to slow roll it so you'd know how many Trump votes you were going to need to make up to take over the, the you know, and to actually win these states. So everybody finds it curious that, uh, you know, all the states I mentioned before, with the exception of Georgia, even though in, in Atlanta they did stop the counting, but uh, in, in, in the rest of those states, in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania, they stopped the counting all within a, a few minutes of one another for a significant number of hours. Right. And I think that's probably unprecedented uh, since people have been tracking. Do they, normally, do they normally count throughout the night? I don't even really oh, know. they don't stop counting until they're done. Yeah. Sure. They so normally. They, oh, they, wow. But the rural areas didn't stop. So you had all this rural vote come in because most of it was already in already by the time they stopped. So you had the rural vote come in. And now what you really need, now you, you're, you're trying to develop the picture of what you would need to overcome the vote. So mm-hmm. if you were going to do this, you would ha- you know, this would be part of the process. You wouldn't want all the vote to be counted by midnight on election night, because if you did, you wouldn't know how much vote you needed to make up. So you would mm-hmm. stop it and sure. then uh, or you would slow roll it. So you still have all these votes coming in over a number of days. So you can figure out how much vote you need. Yeah. That would be the, 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 you know, some of the just obvious anomalies that occurred. Um, you know, there's the, the instance of, you know, in, in, uh, uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not uncommon to have um, somebody vote just for president and for no down ballot uh, 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 people. Yeah. So you vote just for president, nothing down ballot. Now that's that's pretty uh, uh, you know simple to to. Uh, I already feel like I know where you're going with this because they they did so well in the down ballot. The Republicans did. Absolutely. So how is it possible that people just went in and said, I'm just going to vote down ballot this time. I'm not going to vote for, for president. You know, how well, likely is it, that? Actually, it's the reverse that, you, that, that we're really looking at. Hmm. Because it, it, with, the, with the Trump in Georgia, Trump got 818, down ba- or, or 818 ballots for Trump that had no down ballot participation. Mm-hmm. All they did was vote for Trump. Biden had over 95,000 just ballot ballots, just Biden ballots. You said Trump had 8,000? Is that what you just said? 800. 800. Oh, wow. And it's not that these things never happen, but they Mm. never happen in these kind of numbers. And the reason that that people would suspect, if you were a suspicious sort, the Mm -hmm. reason this would be done would be, because you're trying to 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 uh, uh, create so many ballots that you don't have time to go through all the down ballots. You're just hitting Biden and going, hitting Biden and going. Right. That would be the plot behind. Now, and people who are obviously trying to commit fraud would be doing that. They wouldn't be exactly. taking the time to go through the entire ballot. Exactly. exactly. You know, the Heritage Foundation did a uh, a study, and they say it's a non exhaustive study. Uh, I think that's one of the things I had sent you the other day, the non-exhaustive mm-hmm. study of uh, since 2000, how many cases of proven voter fraud there's been. And it's like 1,300 proven cases of voter fraud. With you know, And people say, well, you know, I've never heard of any of this. Well, there's been 1,130 
criminal convictions for voter fraud right. since 2000. So voter fraud happens, and it happens uh, in any number of ways, and they're not minor. Some of them are are significant. Right. Uh, you know, um, uh, well, especially there's. I mean, I've I've heard of the ballot harvesting stuff that's happened in local elections. They've had to redo elections that were local. So I don't I don't understand the argument. You know that Democrats were making leading up to this. I mean, I immediately was like, this sounds like bullshit. Mainly because we know that it's happened. We don't. We, we don't know that. It, I mean, we, there's no proof that it's happened on a huge, wide scale. But we haven't right. done mail-in balloting the way that we've done it. We haven't done that in a huge, wide scale. Why wouldn't we expect sure. it to happen now? So and and these, well, these statistical anomalies are what would really. That's the whole part of where's the press's intellectual curiosity, yeah, or journalistic curiosity. Where is it? Because. You know, uh, the the anomalies themselves would at least warrant some sort of interest. But everybody's like, no, 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 you're a kook if you think this. You know, the only reasonable people were people who say, okay, yeah, Joe Biden's the president. But, you know, the last request. It's so high schoolish, too. It's so high schoolish, too, to do that. I mean, it's like it's, you know, when you go into like grade school and the teacher says, you know, uh, you know, no, no questions, a stupid question. But then you have that one asshole bully that's in the that's in the class. That's that's like, oh, that kid. Like, oh, you. What, what a dumb question. This fucking idiot. Right. And and he's the bully of the class and he might have a few other bullies with him or whatever. And the class might be divided, you know, the way that it is. But yeah, to, to just kind of toss this aside, like once again, I'm not saying that that voter fraud, like, I mean, at least what I've seen, you know, that it could have overturned the election or that it can overturn the election. But I do believe that it's something that happens. And I don't oh. understand anybody that 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 is. And, and this is the most, you know, ripe, ripe situation for this to happen. You oh, know, exactly. it, it's just, it, it was so obvious. And it's just. I don't understand liberals that make that. I think they lose all credibility in my mind when they just simply act, act as if it just doesn't happen. Like voter fraud. What's that? I just don't, they, they, they simply, they, they just act as if it's, it's non-existent. And well, that the, to me is absolutely insane. Well, the New York times ran an uh, uh, headline just, what was it, two days ago mm-hmm. that said, um, 50 state officials, uh, voter uh, officials say no voter fraud. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean the people who were in charge to make sure there was no voter fraud are saying right. there's no voter fraud. Yeah. There's a really surprising. <clears throat> now it's like, uh, yes, of course they say that. It was their job to make sure it didn't happen. So if it did happen, right. it was one of two things. They were either in cahoots or they uh, you know, were asleep at the switch. And it's one of the two. And here's this is the the way this, you know, the only way to frame this correctly, in my mind, is voter fraud occurred. Just was it enough to overturn the election? Right now, I think because there's no doubt that the voter fraud occurred. And uh, you know who Sidney Powell is? She's General. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've General Flynn's attorney. Uh, yeah. She's a former federal prosecutor, very, very highly regarded. Of course, the New York Times and Washington Post are trying to destroy her on a personal level, which is how mm-hmm. they are. But, um, you know, she was on Maria Bartolome this morning. 
And she said, evidence is coming at her right now. Like it's being shot out of a fire hose. She can't yeah. keep up. She said, it is so blatant. And they are really, they're not focusing on the three that we would think of. And the three on how they would do this is a ballot curing, ballot harvesting, mm -hmm. and ballot stuffing. Ballot curing is when they, uh, when a ballot comes in and it would get rejected, and mm -hmm. they're only fixing like Biden votes and not fixing Trump votes so that they'll go through the scanner. Mm -hmm. that, that's ballot curing. And they think that happened at an unprecedented rate. Um, and what, when that happens, it's not the ballot curing can never happen, but it's supposed to happen with a Republican and a Democrat sitting there and deciding together that, yes, this was the intent of the voter. And yes, we should correct this ballot. Mm -hmm. But they were doing that by the tens of thousands from if, if you're to believe what what uh, they're saying. Then you've got the uh, ballot harvesting where you're going out and collecting ballots, which is against the law in every state but Nevada and California. Right. You know, go out and collect. Because you lose chain of custody. You don't know, you know, you can't have one person running around with 500 ballots. Right, right. Well, it you wasn't know? there some states that limited it to like three or something like that? I'm not sure. That that could very well be. But I know that, that in uh, Nevada and California, uh, ballot harvest legal. Because yeah. they're, you know, I mean, it, it's just an absurdity that they did that. We, when, when, when we advise, when our State Department advises other countries, how to run elections who have never run elections before ballot harvesting is like you, that mm -hmm. you can't do that or otherwise you can't trust the results. And then of course the classic ballot stuffing, right? Just making up votes and putting them in those three, I think probably will find happen at unprecedented levels in this election, mm -hmm. whether or not it's enough to have overturned the, the election or not. I think we're going to find, and, and that's what, even if this doesn't overturn the election, finding this and finding it at, at significant levels to say, hey, we got to make changes that make our elections more secure is really what the Republican goal should be in those three categories. But they say the, the, the when I was listening to uh, uh, Sidney Powell this morning, she was saying it's the tabulation tampering, the machines, the computer programs. And it's not just this Dominion software, but there's a Dominion voting machine, but there's a software company and off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. it was, it's a software company where investors from all over the world have invested in this. Mm -hmm. It's been shown in other countries to uh, uh, be able to facilitate fraud. Um, and it's used in not just Dom all Dominion, so all Dominion hardware, but it's also used in many other types of hardware and it's all through the, the U S election system. And you can literally, they have back doors into this software where nefarious characters could go in and actually change votes, take votes away, add votes. And that really mm -hmm. leads one to believe, I mean, you know, um, a friend of mine showed me uh, uh, a screenshot and it showed, um, I think it was Michigan where there was like 200 and, or 2 million something, something for, for Trump. And then uh, 1 million, 900 something for Biden. I mean, you may have already seen that, but what it did was it showed then the exact, you know, a screenshot from moments later. And it's mm. the exact same number for Trump and 125,000 more votes for Biden. 
Right. Yeah, yeah no, I saw that. Yeah. Like, you know, look, that, though, they're getting feeds directly from the state. Wasn't that there is- some stuff? Well, wasn't there some stuff, too, with certain counties reporting, like, not their entire county towards Biden, but, like, getting pretty much bundles of, of ballots that were that were, you know, basically 100 percent Biden, which is right. statistically can't. I mean, that that virtually cannot happen. That's that's right. not well, that's, know, silver. That's, that's true. Silver. That's that's that seems insane to me. What's the name of that fellow? This uh, guy, Silver, uh, he, he, uh, he, Nate Silver, Nate Silver. Worst the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah. He even pointed out there was one specific instance in uh, Pennsylvania where they brought in, uh, you know, it's like the, the vote changed by 23,000 votes, all Biden. Yeah. At one moment. And that's statistically impossible. So sure. something happened there. And here's, here's where I have a problem with all this is that, you know, it's not that it happened. There may be some reason, some kooky reason that it happened, but what are, what are the Democrats in these States saying? Nothing to look at here. Right. You know, we don't have to even explain this to you. Right. And, right. You know, like, well, wait a second, you're going to end up with half the country not believing that this election was fair. And I think even more than that, because I believe over time, Democrats won't believe this election was fair, even though it right. put their guy in. And I think this right. is a real danger to our democracy and something has to be done. Right. And, you know, if Trump does nothing else, but by pushing this, instead of doing like how Romney would have done it or how McCain would have done it, like I yeah. can't wait to concede sort of thing. You know, I, watch right. what big man I am. I'm going to concede. I'm not even going to look for the fraud. Right. And, it's like, and, and I don't right. think there's ever fraud at this level. I think we're, we're, we're already kind of sensing that. But, yeah. um, you know, if look, if I could, if, if they just came out and said, look, and completely opened it up, was completely transparent. And everybody could look at it for what it was. And in the end, you said, yeah, this is strange, but this is truly the way it happened. Right. You know, we audited, the, you know, all these, you know, we, we went through thousands of these suspicious votes. We contacted the people who voted. Yes, in fact, they actually did vote. And, that, you know, if they went through that and really, you know, tried to open it up and you had the press saying, hey, you know, let's just have a full accounting of this thing. Sure. Then in the end, everybody could say, you know, I don't like the result. You know, the people on our side, right, or my side, but you know, the people on my side would say, I don't like the result. Sure, but I can live with it because look how good we did down ballot. That's another reason yeah. why that this is so unprecedented. The down ballot vote. Well, like- an interesting thing that I just thought of. I mean, you know, Biden keeps ta- you know touting about how he's, you know, he's not going to be a partisan actor he's going to be an american president he's going to be all our presidents he's not going to be a part implying that that trump always has been you know for the past four years if you are an american president shouldn't you listen to the you know what is it 40 percent of americans that that are saying investigate this if you are truly the american president you know shouldn't you uh investigate this i mean it's not it just just for like e- even i said i don't i don't believe that this is that this is uh gonna overturn the election but i do think that this is more substantial than previous elections and if it is it needs to be rooted out as quickly as possible that's and a that's, per- that's perfectly reasonable isn't it i mean i yeah. I, I would 
And I don't think, look, I'm not sitting here even saying that I think they're going to be able to find enough fraud because one, if there's really sophisticated people doing this, it's going to take a while. So, uh, but I don't think they'll find enough fraud to overturn the election. I really, I I, I hope, I I would hope they do because Mm -hmm. if it's fraud, I would want it rooted out and I would want the true winner. But look, Mm -hmm. if Biden actually got more legitimate votes in the right locations, uh, because of the electoral college, and right. he is truly elected president of the United States. I'm not, you know, I didn't vote for him, but he's president of the United States, and I can accept that. Right. But this unwillingness to assuage my concerns and the millions and millions of other people like me, right, is just, you know, it's asking for trouble because what we really don't want to have happen is people never trust elections again. And mm-hmm. we're on the road to that if we're not careful. So. I agree. Yeah, no, I, I you know, uh, so I, I guess I'll just say this. I don't, I, I don't think this will be the, uh, people acting on both sides. Well, actually, I think Republicans have more of a case towards this because if you can't trust your elections, I really don't know what you can trust. Um, but I've always kind of said like, it's yeah. the base for all democracy. If you can't trust the elections, right. you don't have democracy. And, you know, so I think they have more of a case for this. But both sides right now are screaming as if, like, the world's going to end if either one of these guys get elected. I'm I'm more on the side just if if Biden gets elected. Not, I don't think a ton will change. I'm a little upset about censorship. I think that nothing will be done about that. I think, you know, having as many people in, you know, the House and the Senate – as the Republicans do, you know, they'll be able to block him from doing anything completely catastrophic. Um, so I'm really not like a catastrophe person. I don't believe that this, like him being elected is the worst thing in the world. I'm upset that, that we, that we somehow garner Kamala Harris as some cultural hero now. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, them being in office doesn't change my world too much. I'm a little upset about, once again, censorship. I don't think that anything will be done with censorship. But uh, both sides right now are saying if either one of these guys get elected, that it's going to be some catastrophic thing. Uh, I just don't believe that. I I just don't. And I think that that's something that's, that's fueling a lot of this. You know, there's vote, there's wide scale voter fraud and then there's no voter fraud at all. Or, you know, it's, it's fueling all these extreme sides. Right. But yeah, but I just think that that's, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, I look, um, I don't think that, that Biden being elected, if he is, you know, oh, obviously things are going to change. We're probably going to rejoin the Iran deal, which will cause all sorts of problems with these, the Abraham agreements that were done, you know, these peace treaties between the UAE and all that. Um, and whether or not we'll have any more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there'll be that kind of we'll, we'll rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, which is the biggest baloney that's that's mm-hmm. ever been hoisted on the on on the country. Um, but you know, besides that, I think uh, you know th- this idea that they're going to put uh, four more uh, members on the Supreme Court, that they're going to do away with the filibuster, that they're going to do all these sorts of things. I mean, that people tend to forget that the Republicans actually won this election. Yeah. This was an election that was, you know, d- d- you know um, somebody called it 
the pink wave that turned into the red wave. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is, we're going <coughs> to have uh, likely gained 13 seats in the House of Representatives. Are we and, still likely to do that with the, uh, there's quite a few runoffs, aren't there? I, I want to see like no, where. Not, there's not, no, it's, there's okay. five left to call. There's uh, two in California that, that we're ahead. There's one in Illinois where we're behind. There's uh, one in New York and one, I believe, in Iowa. Um, yeah, and four, house. four out of the five were ahead. Yeah, so we're, we're, we've gained seven definite so far, it looks like. I, I just saw it at nine, but okay. But, but as anyway. a, I'm just, this is like the front page right. of Google. This is the right. Associated Press. But yeah, sure. no, but that's... Real clear, uh, real clear politics is called, uh, uh, um, we're up nine right now, and we're mm -hmm. likely going to be at 13. So if we're at 13, that, sure. means, that means we have 213, and they have 222. Five votes separate us. So all we have to do is turn five votes. Mm -hmm. Redistricting in the 2022 uh, uh, election, redistricting now, and because of all the wins that we had in state houses, because now we're much stronger in these state houses, we're going to have um, redistricting redistricting favor uh, the Republicans considerably. I mean, California is likely to lose one to two uh, uh, con congressional uh, districts. They've never, right. this will be the first time in history. So, and Florida could gain two. Uh, Texas could gain two. So you have, you know, red states that, that have the legislatures controlled by the Republicans are going to gain seats. Blue states are losing seats. Mm -hmm. So the redistricting is likely to uh, favor about five, five to 10 Republican seats right there. Mm -hmm. Then you also have, if Biden's elected, you have the, the uh, midterms, which midterms for um, uh, a first-term president is, you know, uh, I think there's only been once or twice where the, the party of the president has actually picked up seats in the, in the midterms. So you're likely to have mm -hmm. a bit of a wave there. Um, so, you know, the likelihood is, is that in the uh, 2020 election, you're going to see the Republicans hold the Senate, the Republicans take the House. And here would be an interesting thing to your earlier point. What if the Republican House and Senate pass a bill to do away with what is that uh, section 230? Section 230, the censorship. Uh, well, it was the right. internet. It was, it was in 96. I, don't, I think it basically protects people now that they didn't foresee any of this coming. But yeah, that was... Yeah. Right. But that, right. So Section yeah. 230, there's already a bill in, in front of the House to completely revamp Section 3, uh, 230 uh, by uh, members of the House Judiciary, the Republicans on the House Judici Judiciary Committee. Mm -hmm. So, you know, say that that bill passes, goes to the Senate, it passes and ends up on Biden's death in 2023. Does he sign it or does he do away with, you know, does he veto it? Um, I think so those are certain that he's going to veto it, but yeah. What, what, what if what, what these Democrats have been talking about for years and something I would love to see overturned. And I think many Republicans would agree to. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that on this section two thirty, there's Democrats who, who don't, don't like it either. So, uh, you know, here, here would be a grand compromise that you could use section two thirty, revise section two thirty, and do away with carried interest. 
carried you know interest. What, carried interest is a is a mechanism that allows um, hedge fund managers to pay taxes at a much lower rate than average Americans do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you if you were able to like combine those two and say, here's something Democrats hate, and most Republicans hate it too, but there's just so <laughs> much money involved in that, right? Uh, so much uh, lobbying being done, and they've never been able to pull it off. Combine that and combine uh, Section 230 reform, combine those two, put it on Biden's desk, see what happens. How does Biden, how does Biden veto that? That would, be, that would be interesting, yeah. I mean, I have to say, I watched some of those hearings, and not the, the latest hearings, the hearings that happened prior um, with, with Jack Dorsey and a few other people. You know, what's her name? Premia Jayapal, which I forget her her full name, but she's mm-hmm. a, she's a representative. She did some of. The, I mean, she's a progressive. I don't know if she's necessarily part of the squad, but she's definitely, you know, has has a lot of those views, far left views, and she did the best questioning during that. I was very unimpressed with a lot of the Republicans, mainly because mm-hmm. the the Republicans wanted to come at it with like, well, we don't want to be anti-business. We don't want to be anti-business. You know, this is like, we don't want to be like basically, you know, antitrust. Like we don't want to be that. Google isn't a business. It's a monopoly. Right. You well, know, that's, so, you know that, what I mean? It, yeah. It, but and that's I, where I disagree with them. Businesses. Right. Which is what I mean. I mean, a business has competitors. Right. When you, when you eliminate all your competitors, you become a monopoly and you get to really set the terms of your existence rather than the marketplace setting the terms of your existence. Mm-hmm. And that's the real problem here. And it's the problem with Facebook and it's a, and, and the cost of entry into these, uh, into these areas are so high that it's really hard to compete with them. So you have companies that are trying parlor and uh, what was that? Mm-hmm. EWE or something along that line. There's a, yeah, I got to start uh, with these new ones. I got to start advertising the podcast on those because I feel like those are the best opportunities. You know, the newest ones that are trying to take over, you know, trying to at least get a get an edge on the. Oh, sure. And they're not going to they're not going to silence you because you have uh, somebody on here on here that uh, they don't like, you know, it's. Right. Uh, you know, they're, they're they're not going to, you know, <laughs> put warnings. You know, that's another yeah. thing with they put warning signs up against everything the president says about voter fraud and all that. Did they ever put right. a warning sign in front of anything Hillary Clinton said, which she yeah. is still saying that, that, that the 2016 election was stolen? But, do they ever do that? Of course they don't. Well, that's it's the great stolen. irony about this whole thing. I mean, like the, the idea that, that Trump is this awful you know, guy who's going to be performing a coup. By the way, to anybody out there that thinks that he's going to be you know, dragged out by his boot heels, like, you know, from the president, it's going to be like the end of Scarface, you know, uh, at the end of his presidency, you are living in that, like, like I commented on somebody's comment the other day, I was just like, I, what it must be like to live in the dramatic world you live in. Like, oh, it's, sure. it's absolutely insane. I mean, like he's the one, he's too vain for that. He's not going to allow to be photographed in handcuffs, walking out of the the white house you know he's way too vain for that and that that of course that'll never have look trump all along 
I have never believed for one moment Trump was going to do anything to try and stop being taken out of the White House legitimately. And and every indication that I read or 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 or, or hear is that if the election is certified by Congress that Biden's the president, then of course he's going to leave, but he's going to run again in 2024. That would be and vengeance. What, what they say is ve- yeah. vengeance is a I won't say the word. Vengeance, you know, but vengeance, vengeance is, is, a, is a is a yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, is a yeah uh, but uh, no I I just think that would be insane I think honestly I mean this isn't this isn't me saying that that like he's some like he just needs to go off and go peacefully into the night um, you know to to quote you one time that's an inside <laughs> joke to anybody out there but no uh, I don't think that he should necessarily right. uh i think he should do whatever he needs to do but it's i don't think that he should run in 2021 he'll, he'll be too old and the way that the clip that he runs at i just feel as if uh, i don't know maybe, maybe he won't be in the same condition biden's in he'll uh, either his, be but king, he, he'll either be the king or the king maker yeah yeah that's true because so he's yeah, anybody he gets behind will be will get a. Uh, I mean, like you have to think like uh, anybody that looks at this, the people marching in the streets. I mean, Trump still got seventy three million votes. Sure. When all the polls—that's another thing I wanted to touch on, like how wrong the polls were, and how much right. do you think that they were um, influencing that this was like blatant influence, uh, like them trying to influence the election. How much do you think that they were trying to influence the election? Right. I think, you know, you got to You got to actually go back to the idea of voter suppression. Yeah. And uh, voter ID and all those sorts of issues that get tied into that. And the only real, in my mind, the only real voter suppression going on in the, in the uh, world today it, or in the country today is uh, push polling, uh, suppression mm-hmm. polling. Uh, the idea that anybody would have released a poll that said that Biden was going to win Wisconsin by 17 points was trying to make it true, not trying to convey reality. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, you know, so the the idea that, that uh, somehow requesting uh to make sure or voter voter security or vote security or ballot security is somehow analogous to the idea that you're trying to suppress african-american votes right and 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 saying that's reasonable and then and then acting like oh my word of course they weren't trying to suppress the vote when they put out a poll that said uh republicans stay home because your candidate has no hope Right. And, and also, really- well, and also it has to do with the local elections. I mean, like how much money was thrown into that uh, South Carolina, uh, you know, between right. what's his name? Jamie Harrison. I mean, he broke the record for fundraising in the fourth quarter of his campaign. Um, it was like at fifty four million dollars or something like that. And I think a total uh, of 100 million was spent on that race under the right. guy. They went, you know, they literally, you know, this is also a ruse that's, that's, you know, pulled on, on uh, the, you know, a lot of these Silicon Valley billionaires. So uh, Harrison will go and say, look at what these polls say. I really have a shot at beating Lindsey Graham. 
right. when their journal polling had to be telling them, of course, they don't have a shot of beating right. uh, Lindsey Graham. So they go and they're like, you know, you get Mark Zuckerberg and the rest of these guys going, oh, my God. Right. Yeah. You know, this is wonderful. You know, uh, we, we, we can actually beat Lindsey Graham. We all hate Lindsey Graham. Let's right. send him money. And they send him a hundred million dollars and they never had a chance of beating him. They did the same thing with Susan Collins in in uh, Maine. They never had a right. chance. The, the Susan Collins thing, they had one poll had had Susan Collins Greenfield, I think was her her name, her, the Susan Collins opponent up by like like significant, like 10 points. And Susan Collins won by, what was it, eight or 10? Right. I mean, that's a 20 point swing. This is an absurdity. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they're doing it on purpose. Polling doesn't mean what it, what it once meant. And I'm really hoping the real clear politics will decide, you know, go through a real soul searching sort of thing. What, po- what polls should we include in our averages? Because there were a lot of very accurate polls. And then that weren't near as famous as Quinny. What is that? Quinny Impact or Quinnipiac? 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 Yeah, yeah, Quinnipiac. It's or, a university. Yeah, I've yeah, never, no, I know, I know, I know. But it's. Um, but I have, I have the South Carolina election. He won by ten points. They right. had it seem as if he was, you know, in the real trouble. So we got fifty-four point five percent of the vote. Jamie Harrison got uh, 44.2 and they made it seem like he was like he was in risk of seriously losing, losing his job. And to be that wrong is just, it's absolutely insane to me. Well, it means you weren't really serious about it in the first place. Right. You know, the, the, really the one that they always, if you remember, there was excitement about a poll. I think it was done by the Des Moines Register um, in Iowa. And it's usually the most accurate poll, uh, you know, in, in elections. It, it, you know, and it, it was this time too. Trump won it by like 7.8 and they came out that he was going to win by seven. Mm-hmm. And every, every cycle, it seems to be, it's the one all these pollsters look to because they take a ton of time and effort to make sure it's correct. Sure. Why doesn't everybody else do that? Why, why, why is that such know. an that it's that it's correct or take Trafalgar or uh you know some of these others uh that have been that were so on mm-hmm. you know and the guy who runs uh Trafalgar was saying that, that he thought that Trump would win Pennsylvania by two or three but he better win it by five because mm-hmm. of all the fraud and he said yeah that election oh so, wow yeah, yeah yeah so I mean th- it's it's just it, it's one of these things I just don't yeah, yeah, it's just absolutely the polling. That's another thing. I mean, we, I mean, we, we talked about all the evidence and not. I mean, look, this is all. You can call it evidence, but this is just suspicion. You know, these these are just suspicious things that are happening that you well, have to just is, go. Isn't proof. You can have right. evidence and still not be true. So, so right. I would say it is evidence. It's it's well, right. all the affidavits. I mean, you have very credible people coming forward, signing and notarizing yeah, yeah. their name saying that under penalty of perjury, I'm saying I witnessed this. Right. And, that- and also I, I think those should be investigated, but I also think if they were lying, they should be, you know, I think they can be prosecuted for perjury. Oh, no, no. they absolutely can. And they should be. Right. So, I mean, they, like, I just don't, I, I, that's another thing where, where it's like coming from, at this from an honest place. If you are the American president, 
If you are the person that, that you say you are, if we, we are to be this, you know, healing nation, you know, going forward, investigate mm-hmm. this, prosecute the people that lied, and let's move on. But right. they're so deathly afraid of this. It's so right. like it, like I said, it's like a high school. It's like, you know, it's it's you know, the bully basically bullying his like saying, like, oh, this is just a stupid, stupid argument when 40% of of the nation, I think, uh believe at least, I think that's on the low end, at least mm-hmm. have very, very low, you know, um Trump. faith in in the right. election. You know, sure. so I just don't uh I yeah, if you're gonna be an American president, you gotta investigate this persecute the people that lied about it. Cause def- there's also going to be people that lied. There's going to be people on my side or very much more on your side that are, that are, that, ha- that will lie about this. They, they will. Everybody's liars. Well, sure. But well, there's, well people put, yeah. people put their beliefs ahead of their credibility. It's mm-hmm. like, and it really goes to down to demonization. So you demonize people. And by demonizing people, which you leave people with the 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 uh, ability to make the case that by any means necessary. So if Trump is so evil, mm-hmm. if Trump is um, tyrannical, if Trump is the moral equivalent of Hitler, which is of course an absurdity, right. why anybody would ever state that what did you say to me the other night you had said like you know i've i've I've, you know witnessed some you know i've 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 studied history a decent amount you know and there's a couple of things that hitler wasn't that they're claiming trump is like he didn't go didn't you know participate like he doesn't want to participate in foreign wars he doesn't want to you know well yeah you know i think the point i made to you was was uh hitler wasn't much of a deregulator and hitler was a tax cutter you know, right. Hitler was much of a, you know, I mean, of one who wanted to bring troops home from foreign wars. Yeah. And that's the whole point. I mean, when people make those comparisons, what they're really doing is insulting all those people who suffered under Hitler. And, of course, insulting Trump and the people who support him. And right. what they're trying to do the entire time, it's been to build a wedge between Trump and his supporters. And the more you call Trump a Nazi and Nazi enablers, the rest of us who voted for him. Mm-hmm. the more support he builds mm-hmm. because everybody knows you're full of baloney. Right. And it, you know, it just, that's what it really comes down to. They create this demonization. And then what it does is it really allows people to say, what would you have done to stop Hitler? Mm-hmm. What would you do to stop him? Anything. Right. Right. So if you make Trump into Hitler, then it's very easy to get people to cross the line right. like they did in crossfire hurricane it's very easy to get people to cross that line yeah and that's what the demonization the the demonization was for was to do that sure thing that i just find you know frustrating watching this and and you know it's uh you know if if everybody want look let's just open it up be transparent look if you can convince me that this voting pattern actually occurred, which seems beyond belief. But if you can convince me by opening everything up and not, you know, not like saying, no, let's close the books and be done with this. Then sure. if you really wanted to convince me, you would, but you're not even trying. Right. And that's the, that's the most troubling part. But, you know, I read this story today and it was, uh, Here, can you hold that one? I'm going to get a glass of water. 
this time. Give me two seconds. Okay. Hold, hold, hold okay. on. I'll Don't cut roll. this part out. We're cutting this part out. Don't roll, but that's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading this article. It was the uh, five historic trends that show it's utterly shocking if Trump lost. It's by a, a guy by the name of J.B. Shirk. Mm-hmm. And it was in the, uh, I think it was in the Federalist. And the five points were Trump got 10 million more votes. Okay, 10 million more votes. There's only been one president to lose re-election, getting more votes than his original election. And that was uh, um, Benjamin Harrison. And he was actually ran again four years later and was elected. So, yeah, I had heard that that's that, that there is one one time, right, where that did happen, yeah, where somebody was elected. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then uh in 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 polling, um there's a, a common question, and it was actually when uh when Reagan asked the question in the nineteen eighty debate, ask yourself, are you better off today than you were four years ago? Mm-hmm. And that was in the, the nineteen eighty debate with with Carter, and it was devastating to Carter. So ever since then, uh, polling uh, has tracked that question to a lot of people, you know, to, to or you know, to to the American bot through the polling. And what they come up with is a percentage of you know this many people think they were better off than they were at the last election. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trump's numbers were were amazingly high, fifty six percent. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, I mean, do you know what Ray? Do you know what Obama's the answer to that question was when Obama was reelected in two thousand and twelve? What's that? Forty five percent. Ronald Reagan. Wow. Forty six percent. So Trump was at fifty six percent of people in the United States thought that they were better off uh, than than four years ago. Mm -hmm. The next one is. the enthusiasm gap is cl- close to the election. The, the polling was showing, you know, it's basically voters saying, yes, I'm going to vote for Biden or yes, I'm going to vote for Trump. How enthusiastic are you? Are you mm-hmm. very enthusiastic? You're strongly enthusiastic, pretty enthusiastic, somewhat, enthu- you know, that that question. Sure. And they take the strongly and pretty much and, and, and add that together to the enthusiasm and they compare those two. And there was a there was a gap of almost 30 percent of enthusiasm from Trump supporters to to Biden supporters. That's a number that's almost off the charts. Right. You 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 it's hard to find other equivalent uh, uh, situations. How are they determining? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I, the, my immediate my immediate. My immediate uh, criticism of that would only just be, and it's not really criticism, but just to want to know more about that. Who are they? How many Trump supporters and how many Biden supporters? If you're talking about all the Democratic Party and then just a portion of the Republican Party that are obviously very enthusiastically Trump. This would would be the normal polling that they do for, you know, it's an additional question to the normal polling they do. So it'd be whatever the demographics they use to determine the the polling they would hmm. use and ask this question so it's a significant number and it's something that's been charted for years hmm. the other one uh or, or the, the there's two more the the fourth one is the neighbors poll and it's something that that Gallup does I don't know if anybody else does it but the one that I'm thinking of is Gallup 
and they did a poll that says not who you're going to vote for. And this is an attempt to find that shy Trump voter. Mm-hmm. So it's not who you're going to vote for. It's who your neighbor's going to vote for. And that poll has never been wrong. Ever since they've started taking, whoever, you know, whoever they say their neighbors is going to vote for mm-hmm. is, is who ends up winning the election. And yeah. that was 56-40 Trump. Wow. So Trump was Trump was up 56-40 in that poll. And then the last one was favorability rating. Rasmussen, who who does a daily tracking on favorability, and a pretty extensive one, uh, has been doing it for for years. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the uh, favorability uh, on Trump was uh, on election day was fifty three percent, which is higher than what what uh, Bush was when he was reelected. Higher than what Clinton was when he was, of course, Clinton. It, do they do it on? Do they do it on Joe Biden? Like what his favorability is? I mean, I no, guess I don't. I, they don't really do that. Yeah. No, this, they they don't do it that way. They do it about who the sitting president is. So right. that's all is charting a president running for reelection, and fifty three percent is a very high number. Sure. And what I say about Clinton? Remember, here's the other thing about Clinton. You know, Clinton never won fifty percent of the vote. Clinton in his first election was elected with 42% of the vote. Yeah. And in his uh, re-election was elected with 49%. He never won 50%. So mm. all this, all, all this idea that you have to win 50% to, be, to have a mandate, well, you know, Clinton right. didn't. you know, sure. uh, but 53% favorability. And, and here it's not that one of these things were off. All these things massively point to a Trump victory. Right. And for him to lose, and not just lose, but lose significantly, just doesn't make a lot of sense from a historical perspective. And there's a sure. lot of this that makes no sense from a historical perspective. The idea that the that, that trends nationwide are going to, you know, trends usually run within a, within a margin of error pretty much nationwide. If it's true in Milwaukee, it's true in Cleveland. Right. And and the turnout numbers in Milwaukee uh, were eighty five percent, and the turnout numbers in Cleveland were fifty one percent. Now there's there's something wrong there. I mean, I'm I'm not none of that proves anything, but it certainly leads to reasonable suspicion, and is the reason why people don't believe the outcome of this election. They don't. They believe that there was something wrong, and right. if the Democrats want to 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 really do what supposedly Joe's saying, being president for all of America, mm-hmm. then be president of all America <clears throat> and satisfy people like me that this was a true and uh, um, reasonable election. That's all I'm asking for. You know, and, and if it turns out that they completely open up the books and it's like, yep, the, you know, a lot of stuff's weird here, but that's the way it worked. Right. Could, or it wasn't enough. It wasn't. We find out that there was, but it wasn't enough to overturn it. OK, fine. You're the you know, you're the elected president. But right. it's just it, it does, you know, to ignore half the country and their grievances about the election and then say you're the American president is I mean, that's just asinine, in my opinion. And I'm once again, I'm not as I'm not as, you know, in that camp, in the right camp you know, for this, to, mm-hmm. like, cause there's a lot of people that are convinced that this would just be overturned if they actually did it the way that they wanted it to do, or that they wanted it to happen, the, the right. investigation. 
Sure. I'm not in that camp, but I, but I, but I definitely want it to be investigated and I don't think it'll be enough to overturn it, but I want to see, I want to see where the voter fraud is. I want to eliminate that for the future. That's it. Yeah. And that's reasonable for me. If the, if the roles were reversed, I truly would not want somebody I supported to, to take the office if he didn't legitimately win. For sure. I really, I mean, I, I, and, and if there was a, a, you know, if, if he was involved, which I, I Biden wasn't involved in any of this, by, right. but if, you know, uh, anybody who was, it could involved be one in, of those, uh, how much do I really want to hear situations, you know? Oh, sure. Exactly. You know, it's basically like, how much can you, how much am I implicated in this? You know? Right. No, it's a, a plausible deniability. Isn't that right. what they said right. about the, the, uh, the, uh, Hunter's laptop? Right. But, um, you know, so, but, you know, I, look, I don't think it would, it would be Biden, but anybody, if, if people on my side were involved in doing something like this, I would want them prosecuted because what it does is it, it, it makes any win that we ever have in the future illegitimate. Right. It puts into question, and, you know, and, and the basis for all democracy is elections. And if you right. can't trust your elections, everything else goes to shit. Right. And it's not the way it's supposed to be. And Absolutely. so that's, you know, you know I, 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 I'm not I'm not like an over the top sort of guy about this. I really think it's going to be difficult to find all this. But I think eventually, eventually we'll know what happened here. Eventually. I, you know, even if it is an overturn. Yeah, I think someday I think people are going to keep digging because it's so obvious that something happened here. Absolutely. And, and, and whether or not it was enough to overturn. But here, here's the other thought on, on overturning the election. This election, you're talking tens of uh, 10,000 votes in several states. You know, I think somebody showed the numbers that we, you, you'd have to turn um, 70, about set, uh, 75,000 votes to turn this election. Sure. But that's a, that's a lot. But don't forget, in 2000, it was less than 1,000 mm-hmm. a, a votes. So this kind of shenanigans can change, uh, you know, the, the elections in a presidential election. Sure. Because, you know, if you had enough shenanigans back in 2000, like you do now, you could be looking at a, at, a, at a stolen election. So even if we don't have enough now, it's still something that what we do uncover, that problem needs to be solved and fixed. Mm-hmm. So if nothing else, what this does will give us a roadmap of what problems need to be fixed going into the future. Yeah. So, all right. So voter ID, I mean, all this stems, I mean, you can't help but but think that all this stems from a conversation that's been going on, at least as far as I've been paying attention, it's been going on since the, since the Clinton administration voter ID, you know, um, you know, why, uh, you know, I, I mean, this, I feel like it, this is all just coming to a head. Like it's all just, just culminating in this moment. Um, you know, because we, we made so many rules during coronavirus or, or I guess you could say broke rules during the coronavirus, um, you know, about voter, about voting, you know, the way we sure. did mail-in ballots, the way, you know, how, how there's really, you know, in some States there's able to be broken custody of that ballot. Also, the conflation of 
you know, saying that mail-in ballots are the same as absentee ballots, even though there's one very, very, very key difference in that and the fact that you have to request it. It's not just automatically sent to you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, so what's your, what's your thoughts on voter ID, how this has affected the election, you know, now and, and really where we are now with, with all that, do you feel like the pendulum will swing hard in the other direction We'll actually get some laws uh, saying that there needs to be voter ID instead of, you know, I went to the polling place when I voted. They were like the girl. I mean, you could definitely tell she was pretty liberal. I think her hair was a different color. And she was like, you know, uh, she goes, she, she goes, uh, you know, do you have your ID? You don't have to give it to me. Like almost telling me, like encouraging me not to give her my ID. Right. It's sure. like, no, I got my ID. You can take it. You can scan it or whatever you need to do to find my what? I think in New York state, if they're not confident in your signature, they can ask for your ID. I think the, hmm. the poll workers have that authority to ask for your ID. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not an election. You know, uh, mom is, but I'm not. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny when, when I think about, uh, uh, you know, really it's election security more than it's just ID. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that, who would not want voter ID? I mean, you have to, you could, uh, there was the, the incidents of a, of a reporter who had to show his ID to get into one of the Hillary Clinton uh, um, uh, campaign rallies back in 2016. And all she talked about was voter suppression through, through uh, right. ID. Right. You know, it's, it's those types of things that are like, look, you can't do anything in this country. You can't get on a plane. You can't go into any kind of federal building most state or local buildings without having an ID to be able to show sure. you need, you know, and, and I would say, you know, to somebody like Stacey Abrams, who, uh, you know, I don't, I don't question her sincerity, but I would question this. I would question if she's the, what the governor of the governor uh, Georgia, of Georgia. In Georgia. Yeah. Really believes that. Yeah, yeah. But what I wouldn't, what I, what I would really almost challenge her to do, is go through the the most African American community, <coughs> excuse me, in uh, in Atlanta, and ask a thousand people, or ask a hundred, because she wouldn't have the patience to ask a thousand. Mm-hmm. Ask a hundred people, walk up to strangers, old, young, uh, you know, all African American, and say, "Do you have an ID? Right. Could you show me your ID?" Now, I couldn't do that because people would accuse that of being somehow, you know, a, a racist thing to do. Sure. But ask somebody like her to do that. Just randomly ask 100 people. How many people do you think would have would not have an ID and, and, and would say, mm-hmm. I don't have an ID because I can't afford them? Now, right. I, not I, very I, many. Yeah, I would I would think none. I would but, think that. But I, I, I did have a I know you I know for a fact you listen to this podcast. Um, but the one I did with the lawyer friend of mine, Griffin, mm-hmm. he is a friend. He's a, he's definitely has some, and he's a wild, wild boy. He's a, he's a, he's a strange, he, he, I don't want to say strange, but he's funny. He's a funny dude. Uh, he's supposed to be oh, yeah. on Taylor's. That's Taylor's. That's funny. Yeah. Well, he was on Taylor's. He's going to be on Taylor's podcast uh, next week. Sure. No, um, no, no. He's, he, he seems sincere. That's right. always the best compliment I can give somebody on the left. You seem very sincere. Sure. But uh, so he so he's a public defender and he says he he uh, 
you know, works with uh, a lot of people on welfare and, 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 and things like that. And he says that he's like, all right, well, and then we looked up, you know, how much an ID costs. And I, I said, cause I've had to order an ID before and I said 40 bucks. So he's like, do you have any guests? And then we just looked it up and it was like $65 to get an ID. And he goes, all right, well, imagine this, imagine you're living paycheck to paycheck, not, not even scraping by really. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that just don't that, you know, say they lose their ID, you know, a week before the election or even, you know, even sooner than that, or maybe a month before the election. And they just don't they have their bills sparsed out and they're they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're they're collecting or they're collecting welfare or whatever. Um, do they have the sixty five dollars to get an ID within time to. Yeah. Yeah. So people being withheld to vote is in such a great number that it's uh, it's it's somehow affecting our election in such a such a crazy way it's the same argument that people make uh, towards you know uh, voter fraud that voter fraud is not wide scale why are we even talking about this you know whatever and then on the other side we're like uh, you know if you were to you know criticize them about voter id it's like you know, well, it is on a big scale. It's like, you know, people, if you start making people bring ID, then you're going to have a big, you know, there's going to be a, a decent amount of people that aren't going to be able to vote. Um, I don't, I don't know that I buy it either. He makes a point, a point, I guess, uh, just because you were talking about the argument that they might have. Um, and what do you think about that argument? I guess, I guess I can already see it on your face. I think it's a pointless argument. I think it's one of those things where, you know, the, the, the idea that somebody right before the election loses their ID and, that, you know, first of all, you probably wouldn't be able to get an ID in time anyway. It was right before the election. Doesn't well, matter. I don't even think that, that that's what he was talking about. I think mainly he was talking about I, I, I know that's that's what I said, um, but okay. I think he was ma basically making the point that they might just not get an ID for quite a while. Just because they have their bills parsed out the way that they need them parsed out, and you know there are people that live paycheck to pay actually the, oh, there's a the, ridiculous amount of people living paycheck to paycheck. I think I think I know a few. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it's um, no. Here's the thing. I mean, you know, look, we, you're in the one of the most liberal states in the country. Why don't we give them away? Well, that's the, we the point that I that I made. I yeah. was like, all right. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that um that that's a reason to to have to say that they shouldn't have voter id i would say just don't make it that don't make them pay 70 bucks to get uh, get an id um and or then he make goes sure they what's that i was just gonna say, make sure that they that the reason why i'd be fine with giving it away how much you know there's there's um the amount of money as a country that we give away Mm -hmm. you know is just you know insane and not not you know so don't make people jump through hoops just give everybody an id for the amount of money that that like say people who can afford the id uh we already pay enough taxes that give me an id how much is that how much is right. that that you know right and, and i can't afford so you give everybody the id that you have no cost for the id takes that argument completely away. I have to, and you know, I have to, well, the, 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 the thing that he, that he kind of shot back with, cause I did make that point to him in the podcast and he had said, well, well then this is a multi-level thing. And then we got into gut, the gun control thing. Like basically what I had said was, you know, 
um, you know, I, yeah, or, no, he had, he'd come back on me and said that, you know, this is a multi-level thing that we're not prepared to do that. He's like, I'm all for, I'm all for having, having, uh, uh, you know, uh, two you know, levels giving in people argument, two right. levels in, they have no argument. Right. right, right. So, so he said, so he said that they would have to be, we would have to attack this on multiple fronts is what he had said. And then I had said, because he had agreed that maybe we should give these IDs out. Um, but what I, I kind of shot back at him and said, you know, well, that's kind of the problem with the Democrats a lot of the time. It always seems to be that they're trying to take care of the symptom and not the disease. And then we started talking about gun control. We started, he's like, you need to give me a specifics. And I was like, well, gun control for one, they want to outlaw guns. Whereas, you know, I think there's a big problem with mental health and prescribing people antipsychotics and SSRIs and all the like, it's just not, it's just not, uh, you know, all those people were mentally ill and there's a major problem with how we deal with mental illness in this country. So we started talking about that. But I would say that the same thing kind of goes for this, except maybe in if he's talking about a multi-level solution, it just seemed kind of ironic that he was like, he was like, well, we have to, you know, go a few steps inward into the system to to make it this way so that people don't have to pay for IDs. Whereas, you know, no. you're not saying that well, about other stuff, you know, as far as, you know, that, gun control that, you know, or anything. I like remember that. watching that and going, what? Please. Yeah. yeah. That's just you just pass a law and say people don't have to pay for IDs anymore. You have to prove who you are. You have to prove, you know, right. I, I would I would be all for everybody in New York State having an enhanced ID license. Sure. Uh and doing it for free. Prove who you are and show up at the polls and just say, This is me. Done. Right. How hard is that? And it's not and it doesn't, you know, I want every African American or uh Latino or Asian, or anyone else that wouldn't be described racially as me. I want them all to be able to vote, and to vote safely, and to vote with, uh, with, with identity. Because remember, it's not just people like myself who is disenfranchised if you have illegal votes. It's also the illegal votes of African Americans, Asian Americans, and Latinos who are, uh, you know, who voted legally, their vote is diluted because of people who vote illegally. And um, if that is, and, and, and who knows if that's widespread or not, it's really hard to, because anytime you say, hey, let's take a look at this, you're, you know, people were screaming voter suppression and racism and all this sort of stuff. Again, right. transparency. Look, let's all just do this and say, we're going to have a system that secures the vote and if your guy wins, I accept it. Right. Not like I'm not going to run around with signs saying I resist, which is, of course, absurd, too. But sure. what I'm going to do is I'm going to accept it and try and beat you the next election. That's it. And that's the way democracies are set up. This sort of stuff where it's all these false arguments. I mean, look, the idea that uh, 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 people can't um, afford IDs. First of all, I challenge you to find all these people who don't have IDs. Secondly, if you do bring them to me and I'm wrong, then let's just give them all IDs. Right. Let's just end it with that. Sure. So I, 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 anybody who has a legitimate right to vote, I want to vote. 
Mm -hmm. But I don't want a single person who doesn't have a legitimate right to vote to vote. Sure. And I, my side has a very good chance of winning more than it loses in that environment. I think their side has a chance of almost always dominating elections if we don't follow just basic voter security rules. You have uh, you broke up at the. I don't know if it's uh, they all run the risk of what. At the end there? Um, well, they all run. Well, we, we run the risk. Of, or, you know, I think given. Uh, their side. You were talking about their side. Their side. Oh, well, their side is likely to uh, dominate. Uh, but, you know, if, if the rules aren't followed, if voters, you don't hear a lot of voter uh, 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 fraud being committed to try and get Republicans elected. Right. Yeah. For sure. No, no, we talked about that the other night. Yeah. Yeah. The only people that have an iron in that fire are the super left who thinks beating us is more important than democracy or anything else. Mm -hmm. And 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 I personally don't believe that to be the case. I think our democracy, even if I lose, is more important than our, you know, than than um uh than than simply winning. Right. No, I would rather lose and lose fairly than win and win as a crook. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I just, I, I find this to be, I guess, one last question. You know, how do you think, do you think that civil unrest will get worse no matter who, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden? You know, I know we're talking about it as if it's, I think we're pretty well set that like I want to find out how much voter fraud is 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 going to be happening. But Joe Biden's most likely going to be our president. I'm actually more interested in that Wait, Do you think that the civil unrest will die down? Do you think that uh, I mean, what do you think about that? What, what do you? Yeah, you know, likely die down some uh, initially. But as yeah. Republicans start winning more and more, you're going to see a. Uh, uh, resurgence of it. I think they found power in that and that they'll use it when they need it. I mean, this isn't, this isn't anything new. Remember Occupy Wall Street. Occupy mm -hmm. Wall Street was much about the same thing and it's been getting progressively worse. The same people you'll find with Antifa and BLM, you're very likely to find were at one point associated with Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. And it's a bunch of the same leftist kooks to the large part. Now, I'm sure, look, there are very a lot of well-meaning BLM uh, people who all they want to do is um, see the world be a better place and all that sort of thing. I think they're, you know, uh, misguided. I, th I believe they have tremendous amounts of misguided compassion. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that, um, you know, that they're, they're necessarily trying to, you know, uh, uh, destroy the country. But I do think there are some core Marxists in the midst of um, um, your you know, BLM, Antifa, and, and what used to be Occupy Wall Street. And these people have been around forever and will likely be around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And they may even use a different name, but they're all the same people. Right. And they're all about destroying the country. And, you know, and those people will find a way to fight. And I really wish they wouldn't. 
you know? Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Well, I, w- I wish they wouldn't on the sense that, look, we have a democracy and, um, you know, try, w- w- within reason, I have no problem with demonstrations. I think demonstrations, look, all these people that like out in LA where they all laid down in that massive crowd, it looked like there were 50,000 people there laying right. down in the streets and they did it for eight, you know, that George Floyd thing with the, well, yeah. I think that's actually in a lot of ways, I think that's wonderful that they mm-hmm. did that. I think expressing your views in a peaceful way, Gandhi-like is, is perfectly reasonable, understandable, even laudable. Mm-hmm. But allowing the radicals to use that as a as a you know um, some sort of uh, uh, cover to come in and create violence, and then you as a movement refuse to uh, you know uh, criticize it or, or or and actually go out of your way to downplay it mm-hmm. uh, is not a good look and and something I think those people who are legitimately believe that uh you know the the blm is a is a good and powerful and strong movement should radically divorce themselves from the violent elements and then and then sit down and have a discussion with people like president uh trump with people like uh tim scott from south carolina Mm -hmm. uh you know who are people who also want to to move uh the country forward and uh, really want to calm the racial divisions. And I think that's what, you know, the, sitting down and discussing with your opponents is what the, the world's all about or what a, a, a better world is all about. Mm-hmm. But when you demonize your quote unquote enemies and make it impossible to sit down and have any kind of discussion with them, then what are you really doing? Right. What you're really, you're, you're, you're really setting up a situation that can never be, um, uh, you know, um, uh, satisfied. I mean, you, we will not allow you to dominate us. Right. And we don't want to dominate you, but you appear to want to, you know, you want to dominate right. the political sphere of this country. And that's just unacceptable. I mean, we, you know, right. there, there's, there's half this country who completely disagrees with you and we need to come, come together and come to some sort of understanding how we can move forward peacefully. Right. But I think the news media, I think the, uh, um, you know, uh, some of the politicians actually promote the violence. They sure. don't come right out and promote it, but they, 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 they promote it by downplaying its existence. By, you know, the, the news media guy who's uh, standing in front of a burning building telling everybody that it's a mostly peaceful protest. That kind right. of stuff. It's just... And that's why people don't believe them anymore. The, the, you know, the, the distrust is so great because, you know, I can see, don't believe my lying eyes. I can stare at it and see it. Right. It's right. And you're telling me it's not. Right. You know, it, it just, for me, that's, that's the area that just, I have so much frustration with. Well, I think, you know, I think it's your frustration is, is pretty, you know, legitimate. Uh, another thing I've, I've heard people say is that, um, you know, liberals only have to be right once Republicans or, you know, conservatives have to be liberal or have to be right all the time. Um, and that's so true. I think I've found that because there's no self-criticism. There's certain things that are 
that are clearly wrong with some movements. They might have great meanings behind them, but they're unwilling to root out the, the things that are wrong with them. And just because their virtue is so good that, that, they're, that, that it makes everything else just not, not be an issue. And oh, it's, right. it's just, it's so, it's, it's the, I mean, well, it's the definition of virtue signaling. Um, sure. you and know, remember, so, they're yeah. allowed 20%. That's all they are. Right. They're not a majority by any stretch of the imagination. The AOCs of the world, the, the, you know, the, the crazy, you know, uh, bomb, well, not bomb throw them, but uh, the, they're even a lesser number in that. Sure. They're very, but the, uh, the, the, highly partisan highly liberal right. pointing your finger at everyone else telling them you know telling you how you know if you supported trump you're the equipped you know it's it's like it's crystal knock um you know or it's you know nazi mm-hmm. germany all over again right those people make up about 20 percent of the population they're mostly young they're and and what you know I, i've always told you young people i fell into the same thing as well Young people are full of knowledge, but lack the wisdom. And over time, mm-hmm. why do you know? Plato wrote about how young people, um, you know, are, are uh, so unrealistic about life. And over time, young people get more and more conservative. That's not something that oh, this time it's different. Of course, right. it's not. You know, the the the, the more well, I mean, I you you've seen my political evolution over the years. I mean, I was definitely way more liberal. I mean, it's just become become something. What's that? Yes, you were. Yeah, and it's just it was just something over the years. You're just like you just keep getting lied to. It feels like constantly, constantly, constantly. And I just and don't get me wrong. There's lying on the on the right, but far less. I have to say, and, you know, it, just what I've seen, you know, far, far less. And, you know, you were saying like it's a small 20 percent that are these activists going out there pounding the pavement. That became very apparent, you know, this election. Polling, sure. polling obviously was a big, uh, you know, obviously was so wrong. And then you had the Democratic House representatives have that disastrous conference call. You know, and that was just, you know, and they're just, uh, you know, you have a good portion of them saying, like, get rid of this socialist sect of our of our, you know, our our house. So, I mean, I just don't uh, it's it. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing them getting torn apart by it, too. And like, look, I voted for Trump. Biden's most likely going to win. Um, but I would have to say that if there, there were a lot of good things that came out of this election, regardless of how this turns out, I mean, we can name to name specific elections throughout the Senate and the house, but mainly I feel like the mask is off. I think for a lot of people, I think people are seeing this as like, look, you're getting lied to a lot. And I think the, the people, the skeptics grew in numbers, um, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, after this election. You can see, I mean, you can see it in the growth of, of Trump's vote amongst people of color. You can see it in the growth of, of Trump's vote amongst young people. You can see it, um, you know, just basically in the enthusiasm for Trump around the country. And what were they really saying? You and I talked about a video that was on, I think I sent you a copy of it. I saw it and it was, you know, uh, you know, why do we vote for Trump? We vote for Trump because we hate you. Right. It's not, I don't hate anybody, but, but the point being, is that we don't, you right. know, we hate your smugness. We hate your, 
condescending. We hate all the you. You're driving us to Trump. Right, right, right. You're not driving us away. You're, you know, the more smug you get, the more Trump support grows. Right, right. You know, and it's and it's it's at a the smugness. I mean, I have a group chat. I have no problem. I don't think they watched this, and even if they did, I wouldn't give a shit if they heard me say this. But the smugness in that group chat has been just astronomical over the last, uh, you know, during coronavirus. A lot of good friends of mine from North Carolina that I have that I have in there. Um, and, you know, some of them are stay silent, but there's like three ish that just have this smug liberal mentality. And one of them actually works on the Hill, um, mm-hmm. works on works in Washington, D.C. Sure. And I've, I've argued politics in person with him before. And it was like, you know, are you going to get him on your podcast? I don't think he wants to come on my podcast, uh, but he um, might be a career ender for him. He's a, he's okay. a, he called himself a socialist last time I, saw, I, I talked to him. Uh, I he is a good friend. He's a good, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's just. Um, People who call themselves socialists don't even understand what it means, but. That's I mean, it. he would, he would debate. I mean, he went to, you know, he went to school for all this stuff, you know, political silence and one oh, sure. si- political silence, political uh, science. We only wish. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's, uh, and you know, it just the past six months has been like, normally it's, you know, I can have a conversation with them. It's all good. Everything's, but as soon as coronavirus hit, it was like their opportunity to just sink their fangs into, into Trump. And it just became, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it was just unbearable. I just never really participated in it participated in the group chat but then once the election happened i did and i just started just going off on them just because of the simple fact it was just like you guys are just so smug about it you don't like it's not like i don't say that i'm the smartest person in the room i don't think that i am i truly don't and i sure as shit wouldn't say that to anybody else i wouldn't i wouldn't you know try and act as if i am and i just and you know it's it's, easy just so right What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's something Dad's familiar with. Like that sometimes, and I don't mean to, but you know. but no, but it's uh, but it, there's something. I mean, this is that's kind of I think why the podcasting realm became such a rose to pro- prominence. Most of the people, most of the big podcasters, don't sit around going, "Oh, how smart am I." I mean, they have people on and they talk, talk about certain subjects. Uh, that's why I had you on. I knew you'd be way more knowledgeable about this than I am. And, you know, you talk about it and that's how you learn. That's how you become informed on things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely, I'm throughout this whole thing, I'm going to say a lot of stupid shit. I just am. It's going to, and then I'll learn from it and I'll go forward. But I am, I think this has been a, uh, a crash course in accepting your faults and accepting like, you know, I don't know certain things. So let me find out more, not just crawling into my hole and just accepting what I know and just like replaying what I know in my head over and over again. It's, you know, having liberals on and getting their point of view, having you on getting your point of view, having, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's just become, but I just feel as if liberals in that sense, have not done that in good faith. They have not done that. A lot of them haven't, you know, and it's right. just, you know, and a lot of them have been my friends and I've lost friendships over this. This is the third time I think I've mentioned this in a podcast, but I've lost friendships over this. 
where it's sure. just like, look, man, I'm not telling you what to believe. Just listen to me. You don't have to, and you don't have to, I'm listening to you and I'm not calling you an idiot. Just listen to me and don't call me an idiot and take, take my, my perspective seriously because right. I'm, you know, it, it's just, it, it's just a silly thing that I think is ma- mainly resides on the left. And it's just something that I cannot stand. And it's, it's, it's just, it, it really just irritates me to my, my core. <laughs> well, think about it from the base of how all this stuff happens. What do liberals try and do? Liberals shame you into not necessarily believing what they believe, but not contradicting what they believe. Right. What, do, what do conservatives and, and, and Republicans for the most part, but conservatives generally, what do they do? They try and convince you that they're right. Mm-hmm. Here are the reasons why I'm right. And, um, you know, let's, you know, take, take this data point and let's fight about it if you right. want. Or let, I, no, fight about it. By that, I mean discuss it. Go back and forth on it. If you believe I'm wrong, explain to me why I'm wrong. I'll explain to you why, why I'm not wrong and you're wrong. And we'll go back and forth. And hopefully we'll both gain something from that. And we both might move a little bit from that. But that's not what the left does. What the left does is it tries to convince you that you're this really bad person if you don't believe in what we believe or mm-hmm. you're an idiot. So if it's not, if they know you and like you and, um, and they feel comfortable doing this, what they'll do is they'll try and just make you feel stupid. Right. But yeah. if they don't know you uh, and they don't like you, they'll turn you into somebody evil that has to be destroyed and defeated. Yeah. Just like with this AOC and all these people talking about having lists of people who That's worked. That's insane. It's that is absolutely I mean, insane. Who's like Hitler now? Yeah. Who created, you know. Uh, Try and find uh, a Jew that likes to be put on a, on a list. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That, uh, yeah. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't see any idea, you know, how they can say this and not understand how detrimental it is to the country and actually for their long-term point of view. Mm-hmm. See, I think the more you expose people, you know, like the squad and all these types and the super hard left, the more you make them unpalatable to the rest of the country. Sure. And that's what every time between now and the 2022 election, every time AOC opens her mouth, she's helping to elect Republicans. Right. And and you know what? Talk all you want, honey. Talk all you want. Sure. Sure. You know, so it's, you know, and I, you know, look. Uh, do I do I respect somebody like that? Sadly, I don't because of what she, you know, I would be open to having any conversation with anybody if it came from a point of mutual respect. But she's already made it clear she doesn't respect people like me at all. Right. You know, so so I mean, you can't have just a one way discussion of mutual respect. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, but. for sure. All right. Well, we went over a lot, Dad. We yeah, went over a lot. We did, I think we did almost two hours, over two hours, something like that. That's great. I had a good time. I, I was. It was. Uh, I hope you do it again. I, I. I really. Uh, I really do. I, I'm glad we got through this. Woo! Oh, absolutely. I no, I did. I. I always knew it would be good, but I was just like, you know, you know, I didn't know if uh, 
I don't know. You never know. You never know, especially sure. you know, if you know, you know, ahead of time, you're going to be listened by at least. Well, you kind of remember, remember when you had me in your uh, movie when you were in school? Oh, yeah, I did a short film <laughs> in school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will never see the light of day. Yeah, I think I think you thought yeah. it would be something maybe like that, that I'd be using old colloquialisms. And, uh, yeah, and just, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I tried to. I tried to avoid as many of those as I could. Like you're, I, hey, you were great. You were great. Christmas once during this thing. What's that? I said I never said Jiminy Christmas once during this. Very sort of true. Thing. Good for oh, you. Good yep. for you. Oh, oh. All right. <laughs> All right. So I'm just gonna. Yeah. I mean, do you have any any ending ending statements? Do you have anything else you want to say? Do we have <laughs> no. another half an hour? No. I don't. Yeah. I, we were about to end about a half a forty five minutes ago. No, I'm good. I think it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, I, I like the format. I really do. So. Awesome. I will have you back on, Dad. You're a wealth of knowledge. Uh, <laughs> you don't go quietly into that night quite just yet. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll be, I'll be fighting it for as long as I can. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's like, just like everybody else should. Oh, God. That's, a, that's Andrew and Matthew and Jess will uh, love that joke, that inside okay. joke. Anyways, all right. So I just wanted to say uh, we'll be back next week. I believe we'll have a good friend of mine to talk about BLM. Um, and he is a person of color. Obviously, I didn't think it would be uh, you know, appropriate to... Uh, uh, well, I just think that it would be more appropriate to talk, talk to somebody of color about that. And also, I'm sure we'll touch on the riots and all that good stuff. Uh, Dad, thank you again. Uh, you can find us at um, the Ill-Advised Podcasts on YouTube, and then we're also on Spotify and Google Podcasts and pretty much anywhere except for Apple because I guess we can cuss too much in our podcast. But uh, I just want to say thanks, guys, and uh, we'll catch you ne- next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, John. Bye.